Network. AM 1340. WTAN. Hi, this is Tim Del Toro. And I'm Lou Angel Wolf, and we are the Grease Gurus. Our show is broadcast every Saturday morning live at WTAN Tan Talk Radio 1340. That's 10 o'clock every Saturday morning for an automotive forum that is flavored with humor and insight. We encourage you to call in and be part of the Grease Gurus show. We'd love to have you, and we will certainly help you find your inner grease. This show is sponsored by Tim's Performance Service Center in beautiful Tarpon Springs at 906 Verona Place, and you can reach us personally at 727-543-1601. Aha. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. (laughs) You forgot to say please. Get off before I put you down. Dublin, California, motorcycle builder and designer, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Set the way back machine. Yes, sir, Mr. Peabody. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Reader and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tantalk, 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, don't forget to check out our archive page. Good evening, Tommy. Good evening, Robert. <laughs> hey, we've got a great show for you tonight. We have, yes, not one, but possibly two Interesting guests coming on this evening. In fact, um, 
I think I gave you guys a little hint as to who one of the guests might be. Yes, has something to do with motorcycles. But anyway, let's uh, jump right into the FLACarshows.com minute. FloridaCarshows.com. If you want to find out where all the car shows are, definitely check out FLACarshows.com. Well, let's see. There's a couple of them that uh, are definitely high on the priority list, and that would be the Amelia Island Concourse. And, of course, uh, for the month of, uh, of uh, February here, we've been kind of doing some uh, features. We have people that uh, or the idea, the concept was, is to have guests on the show that are actually directly or indirectly involved with Amelia Island. Of course, to start off the month, we had Bill Warner on. He is the founder and CEO and president and the man with Amelia Island Concourse. And Bill's a personal friend of mine, super nice guy, just does an amazing job with Amelia Island and the cars, the selection of cars. And for him, it's all about the cars. The show's great, okay, don't get me wrong. And a lot of the peripherals that take place are there. And, and Amelia Island's grown. And I've been going there actually since 1997, and it started in 1996, but I think the first year I didn't get a chance to go because it was a conflict with, uh, I think, one of the dry, one of the vintage races. Nonetheless, excuse me, <coughs> it's uh, I've been going there ever since. In fact, I went with uh, my good friend Chris from Lincoln Land. And uh, so he, he, he drove up the day before because I couldn't go, and then uh, I flew up there, and we drove back together in a 63 Lincoln. And uh, so that was kind of cool. And in fact, uh, you, the all stories that you hear about uh, going down 301 through Stark and Lotley and, and all those little towns, yeah, you better watch some speed limits. I'm going to tell you that right now. So if you're planning on going to Amelia Island, the easiest way to go there is up 75, cut over 326, then take 301. But you've got to watch the speed limit. If it says 60, you can go 60. If it says 45, you better, do, you better be doing 45. If it says 35, you better be on the binders doing 35. And I say this every year because I warn everybody because invariably somebody calls me back and says, Hey, man, I got stopped. Well, that's how they make money up there. That's their revenue source, you know. At any rate, so uh, the Boca Concourse is this weekend also in Boca Raton. And uh, the guest of honor there, I think, is Jay Leno, of course. And uh, so that should be a lot of fun. This weekend also in Sarasota, in our own backyard, is the Exotic Car Festival. So that takes place in downtown Sarasota. That's Saturday. And uh, so if you want, Google FloridaCarShows.com. You can find out about some of this stuff and Google Florida or Sarasota Exotic Car Festival. And, of course, Amelia Island. If you've never been there, you need to be there. You need to go there. It's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, this past weekend, what did we do? We were in downtown Clearwater because our good friends at the Capitol Theater and Ruth Eckert Hall put on Cruising at the Cap. This is the sixth year. So it was a pretty good turnout, great weather, supercars, good uh, good mix of cars. And uh, so a big shout-out to our friends at Ruth Eckert Hall and um, and everybody at the Capitol Theater. And if you want to see some <coughs> excuse me, if you want to see some really cool concerts and some great bands, definitely check out the itinerary for Ruth Eckert Hall and the Capitol Theater. Let's see. Uh, well, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go fire up the stereo real quick because I think we're going to have our guest come on in a few minutes, our first guest for the evening. So don't touch that dial. We will be right back. Oh, we got a little Jim Blossoms here. So, uh, so what we got there, Tommy? Jim Blossoms. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Reading Cards. Don't touch that dial. Yes, yes, we will be right back.
listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our first guest for the evening. I'm delighted to welcome back to Nostalgic Radio and Car, alumni guest and good friend and host of Cars Yeah, not only the podcast, but the new TV show, Mark Green. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Robert, good to be here. I'm doing, I am doing great. I'm sitting here looking out the window at snow, which is very rare for this part of my of the world where I live, and it, uh, it's like it won't melt. I'm done. I'm coming to Florida. I think the sunshine down there is where I need to be. Well, they do call it the sunshine state. Now, wait a minute. You're up in Washington state, right? Is that where you're at? Yeah, yeah, about an hour south of Seattle, and we very ra- we get snow in the mountains around here, but we very rarely get it on the ground. But it snowed a couple. I had twenty four inches of snow in my driveway. It was crazy a week ago, and it's still there's still probably uh, four or five inches all over the ground. So um, I'm trying to dig my way out. Wow! So that means your pride and joy, your nine thirty, is sitting nice and cozy, nestled <laughs> in your heated garage, right? You know, normally it would be, but it's not. It's stuck at my mechanic shop. I uh, I took it there. Uh, my good friend Pete Bristow has been a guest on my Cars Yeah podcast. He takes care of my car for me and had a uh, fuel pump leak, so I took it to him, and he fixed it, and then the snow came. So I said, you know what, Pete, can you just hang on to it? I do not want to drive my car back in this weather because of all the crazy lunatics that don't know how to drive in the snow. And so it's been... Uh, <laughs> Tucked away. In fact, today he sent me a text today. Are you coming to get your car ever? And I said, no, just leave it there. I'll, I'll come and get it when the roads are clear. So now I go out my garage. There's an empty spot there, and I'm feeling a little little sad. You know, it's like, got to go get my baby, my Orange Crush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Orange Crush and Porsches, you were lucky enough to go to Rensport. So tell us a little bit about what uh, what went on at Rensport. I didn't get to go this year. <laughs> How long a show do you have? Uh, you know, <laughs> we'll it get was, some highlights. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. I'm a huge Porsche guy, as my followers know, and it was four days. They expanded it a day this year. It was four days at Laguna Seca, and I thought, okay, four days of Porsches. Um, how are they going to fill this up? It just kept coming at you, coming at you, coming at you. And some of the highlights you talk about. I mean, they had, they had a cool band play one night george harrison's son played along with a bunch of other stars and really? i was sitting there about three steps away from dr portia uh, the the guy 
who was there, and Mark Weber was sitting on one side of me. I was just like, man, this is pretty cool. Uh, was walking around the paddock at the end of the first day, and there's this guy sitting in a chair in the Chopard tent where they had all these cool cars. And I went and sat next to him and said, hey, my name is Mark Green. You're Jackie X, right? <laughs> and he's like, yes, wee oui, wee, oui, I am. So <laughs> oui, oui, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was incredible. I met John Oates of Holland Oates, which uh, when I was dating my wife, you know, that was the band to listen to. And he turns out is a car guy. He had just had a car delivered to him that Rod Emery built, another past guest of mine who builds 356 Outlaws. And I got to experience his new car with him the moment he experienced it. And then he came and was a guest on my podcast. So it, it was a who's who of the Porsche world, but better yet, uh, it was just everywhere there were Porsches, just everywhere. The parking lots were filled with them. Porsche even brought their big uh, Carrera Pan America cars to drive people around up and down to the parking lots. It was incredible. I can't wait for the next one. Well, now, they have them, what, every three, four every years? Every three to four years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When mm-hmm. is the next yeah. one? Now, it's, this is twice in a row, though. They had 2015, 2018, and they were both in yep. Laguna Seca. So where's yeah. the next one going to be? Did they tell you? Any hint? I, uh, well, nobody told me. I'm not that much of an insider. But uh, <laughs> if you talk to Tim, you talk to Tim McGrain, who's the new CEO, you know, he worked at Blackhawk for years, and a good friend of mine and another Cars yeah, Pass podcast guest. He's now running Laguna Seca. If you talk to him, I'm sure he'd smile and, and give you a little wink that it's going to be back at Laguna Seca. I mean, where else would you go? They've had... They had so many people there. I think it was like 80,000 people showed up for this event. It had to be a huge financial success. Porsche, I'm sure, was blown away by the attendance and the people that were there. They had a huge presence. They had this big building they actually built there just for their cars on display. So I would guess it's coming back to Laguna Seca. I hope so. That's close enough to home to where I can get there quickly. I'm I could even drive there, I guess, if I wanted to, but uh, their parking lot's kind of dirty. I don't like parking in the dirt. So, uh, I'll just I'll rent a portion, park someone else's car there. Okay. Well, now, yeah, yeah, it was great. How is your TV show going? You've had uh, uh, I see it on the social media, so I see it on Facebook yep. and I see it on uh, Instagram, and I think you're on Twitter yep. too. So uh, give us a little uh, insight as to how the whole show, the TV show, because last year when you were on, you were saying you got this big surprise coming. Well, now yep. the cat's out of the bag, so now we can talk about <laughs> yeah. your show. I know. Well, thank you for bringing it up. I appreciate it. We launched in January. We're on Mav TV, uh, which Mav TV is owned by Lucas Oil Company. Uh, notably kind of known as a racing television network, and they're looking for some things to expand into something more than racing. So they gave us a great platform there to go on. And basically I'm taking the concept of my podcast. You know, let's see, Robert, you were my 1,035th <laughs> guest. That was uh, last May 21st, 2018. Okay. Uh, I just recorded today my uh, 1,238th guest. Wow. Uh, today's show is actually 1,231, but... I've talked to a lot of people, and I got noticed, I guess. People noticed me, and uh, they said, you know, this would be a great venue for television because so much of TV now, the car shows, they're all the same. They're build shows. They just kind of keep repeating the same thing, and it's not to take away from those guys. They've got great shows, but I I think viewers are looking for something a little fresh and new, so... Mav said, do whatever you want to do. They gave us uh, carte blanche to create whatever we wanted, so I aligned with uh, Leonard Carrillo from Da Vinci Films and his crew. They're helping walk me through this because they've been the producers of a lot of successful television, and they've worked in the movies. So what we do is we go to past Cars yeah, guest 
businesses, and oh. I basically do what I do on the podcast, but I actually go there, so now you can see what these people do, what they build, what their business is all about. And so we do a show uh, every week, and the first show was with uh, Lance Dander, Superformance, down there in Orange County, California. I mean, talk about a candy store. Yep. Go down there, and they build continuation Cobras and GT40s. I got to drive a GT40, Daytonas, Grand Sports, and they've got this new incredible car there. Uh, then I went and visited Nick Hunsiker. Uh He's an automotive artist extraordinaire. He's in Los Angeles, got to go to a studio, got to show my viewers what it was like to be a, a, a an artist and how do you make a living being an artist. That's a tough gig to do, but he's been successful. And then we went to WFO. They build really high-end off-road rock crawlers, and I, I drove this 600-horsepower you know, Corvette-powered Jeep that they custom-built. It's a quarter million bucks. Never done that before. I needed a ladder to get in and out of the thing because it's so far off the ground. And uh, let's see, from there we went to Straight Up Dubs, which is south of Sacramento. Uh, Joey Giordano, he builds and restores old vintage VWs, which are near and dear to my heart. I had a oh. Kia in high school, so yeah, Kia's bus and bugs. And uh, let's see, where we go? Oh, we went to Bruce Canapa's shop. That show hasn't aired yet, but we spent a, a day in Scotts Valley at uh, Bruce Canapa Design. Um, holy cow, I mean, that's a candy store in and of itself. And uh from there, we went to the California Automobile Museum. Uh, that'll be my first female guest on the TV show, uh, Carly Starr, who's a curator there. So, I, yeah, I've been having fun. I mean, it's just, it's so cool to be able to bring the visuals to my followers and get them to come inside these businesses, get up close and personal on how these people created a passion business and career around what they love, which is cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Now, do you actually, like, is it is it taken right out of your cue book, like uh, from your podcast, or do you actually? How much preparation do you have to do, and do you, is anything scripted? Nothing scripted. Uh, however, what I do is because I've had them on my podcast, I already know them. Okay. So typically, I reach out and say, hey, "Would you like to be on TV?" Nobody said no yet to that question, <laughs> and then. Uh, I say, well, listen, I'd like to come to your facility. Most of these facilities I've never been to. Now, Bruce Canapa shop I've been to before, but most of them I'm walking in cold. So we basically do a quick walk around. I ask them, what do they want to focus on? I already know a little bit about them. We have a little bit of a format in that if I can get my hands on a car, I drive up to the facility in some kind of cool car. In the case of California Automobile Museum, uh, Joey Giordano from Straight Up Dubs, he, he landed me a 64 Porsche 356, a friend of his had. Ooh. He loaned me the car. The guy doesn't know me from Sam. And uh, I got to take it for a spin. We set up some GoPros. I drive into the facility. Um, yeah, I think Joey's show, I got to drive an old uh, 60s uh, Mustang convertible because it was a sunny day. So I took it for a drive down the road. So basically, again, I just try to share people's stories about how they've created these spectacular lives around cars and things they love and do it in a creative way. It's a lot of what they call B-roll. So it's not just me sitting there talking to somebody. That'd be boring as hell. <laughs> I'm not that pretty to look at anyway. So mostly we talk and they do a lot of B-roll where you see all these cool images of what's going on around us at WFO. We got to see some welding. We got to see some laser and, and water uh, laser that they do to create some of their parts. So Try to make it really interesting and fun and uh, enjoyable for the viewers. It's, uh, like I said, on MAV-TV, so you can find MAV-TV on DirecTV. They're also on Spectrum, Vias, uh, Verizon. There's a bunch of different ways that you can view it. And eventually, I'm hoping that we will be on Lucas 
streamed on Lucas Oil Racing Television as Ooh. well. So people who don't get MAV TV on their at home networks, um, they can watch it as well. So it's it's just been a blast. It's all new stuff for me. I'm just uh, you know trying to do the best I can to create something that's fun for people to watch. It's different and unique. And uh, teaches you how to be inspired by other people and what they are doing with their lives and their careers. You uh, last time I saw you was at SEMA. Did you do any filming at SEMA? Any pre-production stuff there, by any chance? No, we didn't. We will probably do that this year. Uh, we're also uh, already got a go-ahead from uh, a past two-time card cars. Yeah, I guess Sandra Button for the Pebble Beach Concourse. I'd oh. love to do something with that event. It adds a whole another layer of complexity, as you know, with these concourse. You mentioned before you brought me on the show here. I was listening to your show, uh, Boca Raton, which, by the way, I had Rick Case, he and Rita, the people that have been putting that show mm-hmm. on for what. 13 years now, and Bill Warner's been a guest for Amelia. These are hard things to go shoot because of everything that's going on. There's a lot of logistics. So we got to kind of figure that one out. I haven't quite figured out how we're going to do that in a way because I want to bring in the people part of it. That's a lot of what Cars Yeah is all about. It. My mantra is inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and it's sharing people's stories and inspiring other people so they can listen. But, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's fun, and uh, there's only limited by time and money, right? I mean, there's so many <laughs> cool things to go do and go see. Now, you, is your show, we got a, a minute or two left, is your show going to be focused mostly on the West Coast, or do you plan on venturing out to other states? Because you've had Eventually, guests from all, I, over the, all over the country, yeah. right? Eventually, I plan on venturing out all over the world. That's my oh, goal, because oh. uh, I have guests from all over the world on my show who have invited me to all sorts of cool things. I always just tell them, you know what, I'd love to come, but my jet, one of the engines is down, <laughs> they're working on it. Um, and then I call the airport, and they go, quit calling us, you don't have a jet here. <laughs> so uh, eventually, eventually, we'll travel the world. But I know we only have a few minutes, but I wanted to jump something in here. Sure. I'm doing something really cool in the podcast that I've never done. The month of March, I'm celebrating Women's History Month and International Women's Day. I'm going to have 21 women in the automotive industry back-to-back, all lined up through the month of March, so you can go to Cars Yeah! Podcast and listen to those shows there. I think it's something kind of cool and different, and it exposes the industry, that how many women are working in the industry, which is pretty cool. And another place I'm going to be uh, middle of March is the Classic Auto Show in Costa Mesa, California. Uh, they've invited me to be the MC on the celebrity stage, so I'm going to be interviewing about 12 TV celebrities from some great shows like Wayne Carini and Mark Warman and Lynn St. James, all sorts of cool people. And I would encourage your listeners to check that out. If you're going to be in L.A. or Orange County, check out the Classic Auto Show. I'll be up there. I'll be kind of roving around, too, talking to people, doing interviews, kind of what I do on my podcast, you know, um, but just talking to a lot of cool people. So I'd encourage your uh, listeners to find us there. By the way, you can find me. You mentioned at the beginning of my introduction. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. Um, I found out this weekend you can listen to the Cars Yeah podcast on your Alexa. Just say, Alexa, play Cars Yeah, and she plays me. I, who knew? <laughs> I didn't even know that until Saturday. Like, that's cool. So, yeah, I try to be everywhere. You, Mark, you got this down to a science. I mean, I'm pretty impressed. Of course, you kind of, you know, you got a, kind of a commercial background, so you did a, you're doing a really good job. <laughs> well, thank you. It's just it's seat time. It's like racing, you know. I mean, you do it long enough, it starts to get easier and easier. I mean, this show you've done for forever. You're you're a pro at it. Uh, it's just fun. But people who know me love. I love cars. I love to talk to people about their businesses and their cars. And one quick thing I want to get into to your listeners here. Go to my Cars Yeah website, click on the free filler up, 
book or the free book button that comes in on the homepage, and I'll send all of your listeners my free filler-up book uh, just for listening to Yeah, so uh, check it out on CarsYad.com. Super. Well, Mark, I want to thank you for coming on the show this evening. I look forward to having you on again in the future. I want to make you a regular guest. And I know you got a show to do because you got a, uh, a podcast you got to get ready for. You got a guest you got to interview. But I noticed you had Jesse Combs on your show here. Um, I guess yeah. you did. And she's sweet. She's I've had, she's been on my show before too. She's a great girl. And uh, you know, you, yeah, Jesse was awesome. I love you. She was on the show Monday. But uh, again, you can find you can listen to all twelve hundred and forty of my shows on my <laughs> website or or your mobile device. They're everywhere. Wow, that's amazing. In one year, you've surpassed me by three times. So, <laughs> you're doing well, good. you know, I just don't sleep. That's the secret. So now you know, Robert. All you have to do is work 24-7, and you can get a lot of stuff. You can get a lot of stuff done. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That works. That works. <laughs> All right, Mark, will you yeah. take care? I want to thank my guest, Mark Green. Cars Yeah. Check out Cars Yeah, the radio show podcast, right? We'll do it like that. And yeah. Yeah. the Cars Yeah TV show on MAV TV. TV. Hey, Robert, thanks for having me. Great to talk to you. Call me anytime, all right? You got it. Thank you a lot. Appreciate it. Good luck to you, all right? You too, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, yeah, I need to uh, follow in his footsteps because he's uh, doing a remarkable job. Now, in a few minutes, with a little bit of luck, we'll have uh, our next guest call in. But I think what we might do in the meantime, uh, what do we got for the... Is the record player still working there? I think we can throw a little... um, Let's go with a little 90s alternative, you know. We're doing uh, 80s, 90s, actually 90s stuff. So I think we got a little collective soul. Is that what we got queued up there? Shine. Hey, you're tuning to Nostalgic Waiting Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back with our special guests for the evening. Wow. Hey, uh, technical difficulties. What can I say? All right. So uh, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. We have our special guest on for the evening. Okay. Well, guess what? I am very, very delighted to welcome the next gentleman on our radio show. This gentleman is the founder of Paul Jr. Designs, and you probably know him best from the TV show American Chopper. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Paul Tuttle Jr. Paul, are you there? I'm here, man. What's going on? How you been? Well, hey, I want to thank you uh, for coming on the show this evening. And uh, why don't you give us a little background on yourself a little bit, how you got involved in motorcycles. Now, we know it's kind of like a family thing, but go ahead and give us the real story. Well, you know, I mean, it kind of goes way back to when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, my father was always kind of messing around with motorcycles as far back as I could remember. And, uh, you know, I would help out or at least be around it at an early age and, you know, um, as I got older, uh, he had steel business, and so I worked for him in that in that area for when I was about twelve, starting at about twelve years old, and so I kind of grew up, uh, you know, learning to kind of work with my hands and you know to weld and grind and you know learning a skill, right? So um, 
And then as I got older, I got into the bikes a little bit more, and um, I was running the railing department. I was in my early 20s, and uh, my father kind of started to step away from the business a little, and he started building bikes a little bit more full-time in his basement. And he was calling me during the day away from work more and more. As he started doing it, I started doing some of the sheet metal. And before you knew it, we put up a building behind the steel shop, and we started full-time building motorcycles. And this was back in 99, and uh, we just went for it, you know. And the more I did it, the more uh, the more I realized I had a knack for it, the more, oppor- the more bikes, the more opportunity, and then realized I had a knack for theme building in, in particular, which is just taking a particular theme and integrating that into a motorcycle and you know we did it for about two years uh, we traveled all over the country went to every motorcycle show we did we were hungry you know we, we were hungry to get our name out there and uh, we did all the main events and got invited to all kinds of places a lot of dead-end roads and you know the bank account would huh. the bank account would go up and then it'd go back down you know you'd build a handful of bikes and sell them and it was you know, we were we were enjoying what we were doing, but it was a lot of work, and it wasn't um, financially that rewarding the first couple of years. But we stuck with it, and then um, you know we started uh, Orange County Choppers, and um, and that you know we started putting it out there, and then one day we got a phone call from a production company, Pilgrim Films and Television. Uh, this was about two thousand and one, so we had been in business for a couple of years. And they said, hey, you know, we uh, we want to come down there um, if you guys are okay with it, and we want you to restore a motorcycle, pull one out of a junkyard and restore it. And he said, you know, here's here's the story, though. He said, we, we have a film crew. We have the tickets and hotels booked for, a, for, for to go to a motorcycle shop in New Hampshire. And he said, uh, the owner, uh, Craig Poligian, uh, he said, we don't, I don't have a good feeling about it. I don't. I don't feel like it's going to be the right move. So if you guys want to do it, we'll we'll switch everything to come down to you, and we'll start filming. And it was like in three days or something. It was yeah, real whoa. tight. So so I said, yeah, we'll do that, knowing full well. Um, you know, we figured, hey, you know, Jesse had motorcycle mania, and the team could do pretty well. And we were figured, what the heck, you know? We didn't aspire to it. We didn't look for it. You know, he called us, so. You know, we said, sure, we'll do it. And uh, I knew when I when he was talking about restoring a bike, I don't think he fully understood what we did, even at the time. So I just said yes to it, knowing we wanted to restore a bike. But um, And so, yeah, like within a couple of days, we had a film crew and cameras pointing at our faces. And, yeah, we were off to the races. And we that's when uh, I came up with the theme for the first bike, which was the jet bike, which was the very first episode of American Chopper. And, uh, man, it was like six weeks of filming, and none of us knew what we were doing, including most of the camera guys and producer. <laughs> it, was such a new, it was such a new thing, you know? And so, anyways, the, 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 the episode gets edited. Um, the, the producer who had called us uh, sees the episode and hates it. Um, apparently, he had seen some rough cuts where we had some arguments going on, and there was no precedent for that at the time. So the, the person who edited it edited all the arguments out and made more like a process show, more like a build show, Bob Bila-ish, you know, just yeah. the just the, just the creative part, not the personal part. 
And so he fired the producer and uh, and he got to work re-editing everything. And they came out and actually shot for another couple weeks. Uh, we almost lost it on that that uh, that first episode. And um, you know, a couple maybe months later, uh, the first episode airs on a night where they they are motorcycle mania, um, and then they aired uh, the biker build offs and. Um, an American Chopper, and so, you know, we watched the show, and um, all those shows kind of took off the same night, and the next day we came in. Now, you got to remember, this is kind of way before Internet. I mean, the Internet existed, but, you know, you printed out emails back then, and there were no <laughs> smartphones, you know. So um, we, we came in the next day, and, man, we just we looked at each other. We said, man, we're ruined. We're done. <laughs> We've been working all these years to try and make a name for ourselves. And wouldn't you know it, we look like idiots. And nobody's going to take us seriously after that, you know? We had our one shot. Blew it, you know? That's just how we felt about it. But you got to remember, there was no precedent for reality television. There just wasn't any, um, unless you consider Survivor reality television, which I guess it is to a point, but it's a game show. It's not really people's lives. So. Uh, it was the first of its kind, and we just felt bad about it. I'd say like around 3 o'clock um, that day, emails started coming in, and uh, we had a secretary who was printing them out. There was a couple hundred emails, which at the time it was crazy amount of emails, and it was just all from fans um, saying how much they loved the show. And by that next day, we had gotten the ratings, and they were the best on the night. Uh, for that night uh, compared to the other shows that were on. And so it struck a chord uh, with a with an audience, um, you know, that was, I guess, hungry at the time for some truth and maybe make themselves feel a little better about their dysfunctional families. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, but I think, but I think the payoff in, in the end, it was, you know, we built this beautiful motorcycle. And so, yeah, it was chaotic and we, you know, had our fight. But, man, in the end, we, we had something to show for it, which I could say there's not a lot of that on television today in the reality world. It's usually just, uh, you know, a lot to do about nothing, but people love it. And <laughs> so, uh, and certainly, you talk about raw and unscripted, our show still maintains that, and that was a big factor, just that raw honesty we were, because we didn't know what we were doing, you know? And now, really, reality is everything but... Um, but, you know, it, it resonated with people, and it took off. Then we did a second pilot, um, which was called The Cody Project, and we had that kid Cody who was working for us. And then from there, you know, Discovery got real interested because the ratings were good, and uh, we started we started this first season of American Chopper, which we kicked off with The Black Widow, um, which a lot of people are familiar with. And then from there, we just, it just kept going, and... Uh, it very, very quickly became a phenomenon. It wasn't popular. It wasn't successful. It was just a phenomenon. And, um, you know, we very quickly were making more money on T-shirts than any one motorcycle we've had, had ever built in our lives. And it was um, it was just unbelievable. Um, and it lasted a good, a good long run. And, you know, the rest everybody's kind of familiar with. It just was how American Chopper played out. We were... We started in 2002, the first time around, and we ended in 2012. 
So 10 solid years, uh, we'd film 11 months out of the year. We'd do about 30 episodes a year. Um, so, you know, I think we're on season 12, but now seasons are eight episodes. They used to be 30. So if you really figured it on an eight, eight episode basis, we probably had like a hundred seasons. Wow. <laughs> uh, just, just crazy. So, um, yeah, just unbelievable. And for me, I mean, what an opportunity and what a phenomenal experience it's been. And, you know, it really afforded me the opportunity to exercise a gift that I had no idea I had until I was, you know, 26. I mean, I had some aptitude for mechanical ability and, you know, I, I did pretty well in the steel business as far as I don't know, maybe taking what I was taught and making it better or applying it a different way, um, productively-wise, but had no idea I had a skill or a creative bone in my body. And so given that opportunity, which I always have to thank God for, and of course my father uh, for opening that door, because he really, you know, my father really took the big risk. Uh, He was putting his own money into it early on, and uh, he was gung-ho about it. And I don't know that I would have had the nerve to take the same risk. And in turn, you know, I found out I had a skill set. So the combination of him stepping out and me stepping up created really American Chopper, you know. Well, you've done very, very well for yourself. Now, how long have you been doing Paul's uh, Paul design, Junior Paul design? design? Yeah, yeah, Paul, yeah we, I've been in business 10 years this year, since wow. 2009. So, yeah, I'm on 10 years. OCC is on 20 years. No kidding. So, this year, yeah, because in 99, we, we started OCC, mm-hmm. and then in 2009, uh, we parted. Well, actually, end of 2008, we parted ways, and then I started after a one-year non-compete. Uh, I started uh, Paul Jr. Designs in 2009. Okay. So just un- really unbelievable how fast 10 years goes by. It is, it is. Um, now, this year... Is uh, uh, and in a couple of weeks is Amelia Island. Apparently, there's going to be a number of motorcycles there. And from what I understand, you're going to have a couple bikes there on display, right? Yeah, you know, I yes, that's the idea. I'm trying to figure that out now. <laughs> yeah, I usually bring bikes down. I'm bringing a different mix. I'm going to bring the MLB bike that aired last week uh, on Discovery, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. And then two two bikes that I built for clients. I'm going to try and bring client bikes. Usually, I bring my two build offs of the Black Widow and bikes that are kind of mine, but I'm going to try and bring customers bikes so that I think so that the people there, if they have businesses, they could kind of get the idea of how I do, how I market for different companies. And so it might give them some ideas and maybe get some work out of it, you know. Amelia Island, so relatively, uh, it's not that far for you and everything like that. So when you, when your bikes are there, they're going to be actually displayed on the show field on Sunday, correct? Yes, they'll be on there. They'll be there on Sunday, uh, and they'll also be there. Well, they'll be there for the, the three day event. Okay. Um, I'll be out on one of the, usually the tea box uh, across the street from the Ritz. Okay, and it's a really good spot because people, everyone who parks has to walk right by it. So okay, and then yes, on Sunday for the cars and coffee. Uh, that's Saturday. Saturday is the cars and coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be out there for cars and coffee. I don't think I, I don't know. I won't be on the actual field with the bikes because that's the concourse. So that, you know, that's all the old cars and there will be the motorcycle class. I am judging the motorcycles. Okay. Um, and I've judged last year and I've been going for like three or four years now, maybe four years. 
You like Amelia? Every year. You like Amelia? I do. I, I really like it. You know, it's uh, it's not that far. I love cars and motorcycles. Um, quite often I'll sell a car at uh, one of the auctions out there. Um, and so, yeah, I enjoy it. And I have a really good relationship uh, with the folks who run the Amelia Island Concourse. So I think... Uh, Bill Warner? Yeah, Bill, and uh, and also uh, the guy who's under him, Chris. Okay, yeah, uh, Chris is a motorcycle guy. Yeah, yeah, motorcycle cars. He's into it all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's been a good uh, it's been a good relationship. We enjoy, um, you know. I think it's a. I, I haven't been to a lot of concourses. I like like a handful of them, mm-hmm. and I've never been to Pebble. Uh, but I get everyone tells me this is like kind of like pebble without the chaos you know it's a little bit more laid back i mean it's a pretty hustle and bustle but i think pebble's insane so um yeah i enjoy it you know i love to look at beautiful works of art uh, cars of all kinds and uh and it's a good crowd out there so it's fun when you build your bikes um what what's what's your inspiration because i actually have your website up right now and so and i know you were doing a lot of theme bikes i remember the one episode in particular i liked it when you did the deal for the uh for the 911 deal, you did the motorcycle, the yeah. the fireman's version, and yes, yeah. And you done a number of other stuff. You did, I think, uh, kind of a uh, uh, like a one for a USA type bike to America, good old American bike, and yeah. um, so like your do you, are these deal bikes like a lot of guys that build cars, for example, let's say like uh, Chip Foose or like Steve Strope or something like that or Troy Chapania, they build customer cars. Somebody comes to them and says, I have this idea, I have this concept, I want you to build this. Does that happen with you and the bikes or do you basically just come up with your own bike, your theme, narrative, and, and how do you do it? Yeah, so yes and no. Uh, so so here's how it works. A client will come to me uh, to, for me to build them a bike uh, quite often on television. And so what I'll do is I'll listen to them. I'll hear what they have to say about who they are and what's important to them. And then I'll take that brand and their message and I'll roll it into my creative process in the way I build a motorcycle. So um, the clients, uh, not only do we never have drawings of any kind, because that's just not how I operate, just to spit not just by the nature of how I, the only way I know. I have no former training. I have never uh, read an article or watched anything on the creative process or how to be creative. Um, It's just been by given the opportunity and a natural expression, and I theme build. So anything you can ever come up with that has a theme, which is pretty much everything, I could build a bike or vehicle around. So I'll take who you are and what you are and what's most important to you, and I will infuse that into a motorcycle fully integrated, and I'll, in turn, tell your story. So when you watch the show, I'm building a bike. I'm enjoying myself. It's very fulfilling, but at the same time, it's all about branding for the client. So I take that brand, and now that client, uh, in, every, in every single situation, never knows anything about what I'm doing until they see it at the end of the show when I unveil it. And so that's a very unique situation. So they never, you know, they might say, I want a trike, or they might say, I like a chopper, or they might say, I like a long, you know, low bike. But that's it. That's the extent in which they're, they weigh in. Um, and then we do the rest. And that's what I love about what I do. Um, I have full creative freedom. And this isn't just for random 
companies, this is for companies like Mercedes AMG and Cadillac oh, wow. and Microsoft and um, and Martin Guitars, which is, I just did a Martin Guitars um, vehicle this for this up-and-coming episode, Major League Baseball, which aired last Tuesday, same thing. Nobody has any say. I did two bites for um, the Ninja Turtles movie, um, and nobody had any say in that, and that's an unprecedented thing because those guys approve everything. They actually draw everything and make other people build them, but in my case, they just trusted me. Um, Michael Bay said, go find a motorcycle builder, and they called me up, and that's what I did for him. So, you know, that's just been the nature of how we operate. I'm very, very, very blessed to be able to uh, do whatever I want and, 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 be able to, and be able to make that marketable and be able to exceed the client's expectations each and every time. Did you ever do a bike? Um, and I'm not sure. There's We have a local Ford dealership here. It's called Walker Ford. And they've got a bike that I'm not sure if you guys did it, but it's it's a kind of a theme on Shelby on the Shelby Mustang. Did you guys do that one? Yeah, we did. Yes, we actually did. That was unique performance, and uh, and Carol. I don't know if that's the bike, but we did do one for Carol Shelby in the company he had, which was unique performance. Okay, he was partnered up, and they had they were you know I got a '67 Mustang fastback out of it, and uh, my father got one as well. It was yellow. The motorcycle was yellow, right? Uh, I think the one, uh, not the one we did for the show. The one we did for the show was like a silver. Okay, um, then that, that's the one that might be here at the dealership then, because I think you did a yellow one and a, and didn't you do two of them? Did you do two bikes? Well, my Oh, yeah, well, my father had a yellow one with, okay. with black stripes. Mine, I did, I had Chip Foose do a cranberry and champagne two-tone paint job on it. Oh, wow. And then he also did the wheels on it. So mine was kind of a, Unique performance chip foos combo, which okay. is kind of cool. Now, um, are all yeah. your all the motors that you use are they all like S and S's or Harley based motors, or do you ever do yeah, they're anything? They're all Harley based V twins. Yeah, okay. they're all air cooled V twins. You know, mostly unless we mix it up and do something unusual. But yeah, that's the basis. You know, your frames. Now, do you create your own? Do you build everything from scratch? Well, we we, we will build frames sometimes. Uh, quite often, timeline for the show, mm-hmm. we don't. So we, we let people do that, that do it the best. But we'll order the frames for our purposes. You know, in other words, we'll tell them what all our needs are, and then they'll then they'll make the frame for us. And then that's pretty much the only thing we don't build, you know. Well, a lot of this, now you're in New York. So let's say, for example, like your billet wheels and a lot of the other stuff that you use, is that done up in your region of the country, or do you have a lot of stuff built out in California? Uh, you know, we, for a long time, I had my wheel guy out in California. Um, and so I used him for years because, you know, meanwhile, building, I would give him, I would tell him what I wanted and we work through what these wheels needed to look like. I think we probably in the motorcycle world, I don't think anyone's ever done a more unique and innovative wheels in the amount that we've done. Ever. I mean, we have just done some spectacular one-off creations uh, to fit our ends. And so uh, Renegade Wheels did my wheels for years. Uh, right now I use a company called Ruthless Designs. Uh, he's been doing wheels for me more recently, and I work in the same capacity. I tell him what I want. We go back and forth, and then I get, you know, wheels that end up matching my theme. Um, and... Um, 
Also, I use sinister wheels. They they do great spoke wheels. Uh, so if I need the right combination, what I like to do is I like to take people. If I use vendors, I like to find unique people with unique skill sets that might not even be applying them to the motorcycle world, and kind of figure out a way to utilize their skill in, incorporated into one of our products. You know, so it's it, it usually works out to create a very unique situation. You mentioned earlier you were into cars, so uh, we got a minute or two left. So let's talk about some of the cars that you're into. I know you have a Mustang. You told about talked about that. Well, I did. I sold that a long time ago. Oh, okay. Jackson, a long time ago. Uh, I'm more of a. I'm more of a kind of like original cars. I don't okay. like hot rods. Oh, okay. Um, I like. Um, gosh, I've had a handful of Zephyrs. I have a '39 Lincoln Zephyr three window coupe oh, right now. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and I just love those cars. I've, I'm on my fourth one, and I'm not giving this one up. I bought and sold the other ones, and. Uh, and I even had a, I recently had a 37 Hup aerodynamic coupe, which almost nobody knows what that is. Uh, it's so rare. There's only a couple of them, and it's a super unique car. Is that as um, in Hup, as in Hupmobile? Yeah, Hupmobile. Yeah, look it up when you get a chance. Okay. It's a 37 Hup aerodynamic coupe. It's a, just the most whimsical, unique-looking thing that no one's ever heard of, but was a real car. Um, and, you know, I've... I was I started by collecting Hudsons. I had a '36 pickup, and I had a '31 Hudson Boattail, and '37 um, Hudson uh, Coupe. And oh man, I just I've had some unusual. I like oddball stuff. I'm a very much about. I'm not a Ford guy. I'll put it that way. Uh, nothing against Ford, and I did have a '34 Ford Roadster, but um, yeah, I just I'm not. I like the I like the the orphan stuff. Okay. And I like the oddball stuff more for the way they look than just to be different. Uh, Hudson just built the 30 some really Art Deco cars. I like the Art Deco. Yes. And then I tend to jump down to the teens. I got a 14 Cadillac Speedster, and I've had a bunch of brass original paint cars. Oh, wow. And But I keep gravitating back towards the 30s. I had a 36 Buick through the window coupe, and uh, I've actually had a couple of those. And, um, so I like to mix it up a little bit, you know. I, I, I've bought and sold, and I've gotten a really good education doing it, and I've learned what I what I like and don't like. Um, man, I'll tell you, it must have been seven years ago. I never cared about cars that much. I had more modern cars, like like Mercedes and stuff, you know. And about seven years ago, I started. I went to a car show in Rhinebeck, and I saw a Buick, and I said, man, that's a nice car. I'm going to find one of them. And, of course, I went and got a 41 Buick Roadmaster two-door convertible and a Sequoia, uh, Sequoia cream with a cranberry interior, cranberry paint motor, you know, power. It's a real cool car. And then as I got into it, I got into the Hudson's, and then I got into the Zephyrs. I never really was about any one particular brand. I'm just always about what I like. And then I got into the antique motorcycles. And, man, that was it. I knew it, too. I stayed away from them for years then. Once I bought one, I was done. I, just, <laughs> I buy only really good, unrestored, original paint, early motorcycles. I, that's all. Anything restored, I don't restore anything. I like just the way they came factory. I have an 09 Indian and a 13 Excelsior, a 15 Thor, and an 18 Harley with a matching sidecar. And I'm always looking. They're hard to find. Uh, and then a really eclectic mix of early transportation-related items, from signs to 
I have a Zeppelin, 10-foot Zeppelin that was built by Goodyear. That's a pre-production prototype of the Acura. Wow. I mean, just have the most unique. I just like really unique things, and I have a knack for finding them. So, and I'm addicted. You know, I have a showroom uh, <laughs> full of antiques, plus a lot of my bikes. So, Nick. Wow. I got a shop in, in Montgomery, New York, um, where people come from all over the world to come check it out. So. Paul, we are up against the clock, but I definitely want to thank you for coming on the show this evening. If you're going to be in a million, I look forward to meeting you. I want to thank you very much for coming out and uh, hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It was a pleasure having you on your show. We'll definitely do some social media for you. I want to thank my special guest this evening, Paul Tuttle Jr. Don't forget to check out Paul Tuttle Jr. Designs. Paul, you take care, and I'll see you in a million. Yeah, in the meantime, thanks. thank you. In the meantime, I want to tell all my listeners, don't forget to check out Nostalgic Radio and Cars here every Tuesday night on the Tan Talk Radio Network. And... We'll see you at some of the car shows. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family.